This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Katherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Today, I have two amazing guests joining me. Uh, he's a first off a comedian, friend to the show, host of the Talk from Superheroes podcast. It's Andrew Ivamy. And my second guest, you know him online at Half Good, but he's actually amazing. Uh, extraordinary graphic designer, has been doing uh, Raptors game day posters all season long. It's Tristan Douglas. How you guys doing? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Doing very well. Doing much better this morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a, a hangover day. We're recording this on Friday, the 29th, uh, right after the Raptors have been, uh, officially eliminated from the playoffs by the 76ers. Uh, usually, you know, last week I did this. Usually we do NBA first and then Raptors, but I'm flipping the script, uh, this week, once again, probably the last time this year I do that where we're going to do Raptors first, and then we're going to talk a bit NBA. And then, as always, I do my Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week at the end. Uh, so, guys, uh, first of all, let's just do, like, a temperature feelings check in here. Uh, how are we doing? I know Andrew just said better this morning. Uh, I feel a bit better this morning as well. Tristan, where, where are you at? I'm in the... Uh good to great range not because they're out of the playoffs but just that future outlook is looking bright so mm -hmm. i'm taking you know what we got from this series and i'm just going to package that up into a little ball and just kind of put it off to the side the future is looking so good for this team Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Andrew, you're kind of in a similar headspace. Yeah, similar headspace where like I'm, you know, obviously you're heartbroken in the moment and you, you know, you know, you're up against impossible odds. You're like, can we be a team that makes history by doing what has literally never been done before? <laughs> and there is that part of your sensible brain that's like, well, that's a very difficult task to do. But then there is a part of your heart that's like, fuck it, we can do anything. Burn it down. We'll take Rome. Like it is, there is this little voice that gets louder with every success. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's tough in the moment last night. And, you know, you talk about today kind of being like a hangover day. It's only a mob hangover. I, I woke up this morning mm -hmm. just feeling like that was a better season than it had any right to be. Uh, I agree with Tristan. All of the pieces look incredible the future is wildly bright uh so we did very impressive things we did better than anybody expected i think we did better than anyone involved in the organization expected of uh of it this year so i feel good 
Yeah, I feel good too. And I have to agree. Like I, you know, I like to think of myself as a fairly level-headed Raptors fan, but over the course of the week, I bought into the propaganda on a level that I usually don't (laughs) buy into fully. Like I went from last week, I had Lauren Mitchell on the show and we recorded it right after uh, the game three loss. And, you know, we were kind of going through it in our own unique way, but then Probably by the next day, I was like, when I heard uh, Nick Nurse do his little press conference about like, yeah, we're down 3-0, but if we win one, then it's 3-1. And that has been done before, so why not? And suddenly I was like, yes, we are doing it. We are the team that's going to do this. In my mind, there was a game seven. There were no exceptions. I did not entertain a reality where there wasn't a game seven. I mean, I was really, really in. And then I was like thinking to the future about what the Raptors uh, heat series (laughs) would look like and how heartbreaking that would be. Like I, I was just so full into that propaganda. And then that third quarter was a bit of a... (laughs) I don't even know the words. Um, I just think we forgot. It was almost like we forgot how to play basketball for a solid five minutes. I I mean, I just don't know how to explain that third quarter, but it happened, you know, reality set in. And now I'm also with you looking on the bright side, but it's been a journey is what I'm saying. It has been a journey. I would say the moment where I bought into where I bought into the emotional brain and not rational brain, and I just started getting way too on board in the hype was I think a positive aspect of the turn of this series is seeing American coverage, which typically, you know, a lot of Raptors fans will say has never particularly skewed towards the Raptors kind of start to buy into the idea that the Raptors could do this as well. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was watching, uh, I was watching like a heat Atlanta game. And at one point, Jeff Van, Van Gundy, the most pessimistic man in the history of basketball, uh, they were talking <laughs> about the Raptors series. And Jeff was like, well, no teams ever come back from being down three Oh, but I guess if there's one team that could do it, it would be this Raptors team. And he moved on, but there was no underhanded snide insult. There was nothing like he is a man so pessimistic that if someone was like, is this glass half empty or half full? He'd be like, why isn't the glass running back on defense? And he just said a straight over the plate. Nice thing. And I could have fainted. That's when I was like, are we actually doing this? That was actually a, a like a tide shifting yeah. moment for me. And it had that element of uh, that original we the North thing where it was, if anyone can do it, it's this team, it's this group of people. We're kind of left on this island here to like make history, change the landscape. Uh, and it, how could you not get caught up in that? And had we won the game last night, I think the whole city, the, all of the sports landscape would be totally bought in and we would, Toronto would be partying right now like we celebrated the championship. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a little conspiracy theory on my part, but I really do think that uh, if we won game six, we probably would have won game seven. Like, I just don't believe in the Sixers enough that they would suddenly find themselves in a game seven and, and get together. Like, I think they knew that if we don't win game six, the series is actually done. Like, I think they know how little or how fragile of a home court they actually have. Well, yeah, they, that's and for saying, them, right? game six was game seven. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Like They're like, we don't want to go back to Philadelphia to play this game. No. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Um, Tobias Harris, I think, said that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely wild. Well, I asked you guys for two 
key takeaways that you're taking with you from this series? I told, I said it could be uh, completely earnest. It could be silly. It could be whatever you want, however you feel. Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. What are your key takeaways from this series? Uh, I would say like my key takeaways from the series is just everyone's looking better. I don't know. I was, I was thinking more of it as a key takeaway for the season, but just sure, yeah. every, every single piece, like there is not one person who, who is worse off at the end of this year than they were at the beginning. Every single person stepped up, you know, Gary maybe was a little bit vulnerable defensively and obviously they took advantage of that. Uh, but you know, he's, he's played better games on defense. I don't feel like this is indicative as to where his performance is going to be permanently. Uh, so really just the continued improvement of everyone and my God, Scotty Barnes, like just an absolutely incredible performance from a man who obviously we knew have talent, but when it comes to even an incredibly talented, hardworking rookie like that going into, you know, your first playoff series, it is a different energy. It is different pressure. It's a different atmosphere. And it's like, he had been the happy go lucky, huggable guy all season, but can you keep that going when when Embiid has elbowed three people in the face? Can you still keep smiling and keep that energy and keep that enthusiasm and keep being that guy who we saw all year be legitimately fearless of superstars? You know, the man that we saw be like, I'm going to ISO KD. Like, can he be that guy? And, you know, we, we, we lost him for a minute there, but when he was on the court, he was that guy. And that was so impressive to see in playoff basketball. Yeah, it's that Scotty Barnes. Like that's one of my biggest takeaways from the series as well. Is just seeing the growth of this kid from the start of the season and the projections for where he should be taken in the draft, you know, mm -hmm. and him just exceeding every expectation that's been like put ahead of him. Um, my key takeaway from the Scotty Barnes thing is for uh, maybe all of us not to get so caught up in it as we did with Pascal and yeah, that kind of those negative more. repercussions that come from not living up to these incredibly lofty expectations. Uh, but yeah, like what a ride to be on for this entire season is just watching this progress all the way through up into the playoffs. Uh but my main takeaway, I think, from this season uh, may be just for next season, finding a balance, uh, more so in terms of minutes played. Uh, we missed Fred in this series. Like a healthy, like Fred, healthy Fred Van Vliet, I think, makes this series completely different for the Raptors, and we get out of this first round easily. But those first, uh, first game especially saw him, he's just – hobbled and you can argue that we weren't we wouldn't be in this position if fred didn't play all those minutes but having a little bit more balance so you can extend you know fred van Viet, fred van vliet and his legs because if we made it to say the second round third round what does he look like in the in those later rounds uh so yeah i think maybe for next season maybe just tweaking the balance a little bit more maybe getting delano or malachi just a little bit extra run so they're more involved all season long instead of uh, just those last, you know, four minutes in a, in a game type of thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the minutes distribution conversation I find really interesting. And it's it's something we've touched on throughout the season because 
Um, I've kind of been on both sides of it because I feel like on one hand, of course, like you need your top guys available when it matters most. But there was also this part of me that was like, I appreciate having the bar really high and being like, if you're not hitting this bar, you're just not getting minutes. And I think in like a in a quote unquote rebuild year, it's a, a very unique rebuild year <laughs> being fifth in the East. Um, but in a quote unquote rebuild year, it's like, you also need that. So I think like, I, I will lean more on the side of like, you, you need to get, like you said, Malachi and, and Delano Banton more, uh, more minutes and more reps in for their growth to be more worthwhile. Or if you're like, Hey, this isn't it then maybe it's just getting them enough minutes to, to increase their trade value. Um, yeah, that's where I kind of lean. But I, I, there was a part of me, you know, early earlier this season when I did not have a fifth in the East aspirations <laughs> that I was like, yeah, let's keep that bar high. Let's see if any of these guys hit that bar. And, and I don't think anybody knew we would be fifth in the East is what I'm really saying. I just don't think even the Raptors knew. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with that, but I, I, I don't think that that warrants the minutes, but I do agree with that. Cause like, it's I'm very hot takey of me. I've, I know. I've been, <laughs> I do agree with that, but here's my perspective on the minutes is that I think in either, in either direction, even with what you're saying, Catherine, I still can't figure out the justification for the minutes because it's like nurse isn't a Thibodeau coach where it's like, we're, we're going to put the pedal on the gas till the engine catches on fire and see how far we got. That's not his coaching style. So I'm like, if we are a pushing to do better than anyone expected, then we still need rested guys. And B, if we're in a rebuild and developing, then the new guys need more reps. And I, I get that Nick has always been this, you need to earn that time. You need to earn those reps and has maybe been a little bit hard and quick on like pulling people's time or, or how little or, or more you're getting. But I think that that is rough on the young guns because then the thing that Nick likes seeing from, you know, the new and rotational players coming in or coming off the bench is going to be just solid team basketball, fundamental defense. But when you get one minute out there to impress you're doing stupid, idiotic plays yeah, you're because you're trying much. to get a wildly impressive highlight to get you that one extra minute next game. So it is anti—it is antithetical to the exact style of basketball Nick wants to see from these guys. So I, I just, I think that, and there were some games this season where it's like, we're up by 20 or we're down by 20 and there's two minutes left and Fred and Pascal are still in. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Mm. And I get that there were some games where they had a lot of minutes and those those small unexpected wins add up to that unexpected fifth place and we'll take it. But there were times where it's like there's no there's no reason to keep fighting this game and keep wearing out our guys, especially when, you know, we as the fans were probably the last to know about uh, all of Fred's like issues when it comes to hip, knee, soreness, tightness. But it's like they they knew that. Why weren't we easing up on the gas pedal way sooner? Way yeah, sooner. exactly. When he started looking, you know, 10 years older than he currently is out on the court and just barely making it up and down, maybe just tweak him a little bit. But Catherine, kind of on the same page as you as well, earlier this season, my outlook on this team was different. I had different uh, thoughts about what we should be doing at the trade deadline and, you know, et cetera. 
But I will say, even with the minutes, uh, that's a very minor gripe I have in a overall like very positive season. Because you look at people like Chris Boucher and Precious, their growth even this season. So maybe they know something that obviously I don't when it comes to like the Delano and the Malachi minutes. Because maybe next year they make that leap or they have some sort of development tool that they're going to be pulling out of the bag and they'll make us right now seem like, Oh, well, why did we worry about Delano and Malachi? They're, you know, they're playing 25, 30 minutes a game next season. So yeah. it's, it's always a caveat when it comes to those minutes thing, because the Raptors are such a good uh, development team. And that's kind of been a reputation for the last uh, decade. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it's true. I uh, I think the only thing I disagree with is I do think Nick Nurse is becoming more and more like Tibbs because uh, he does look like he's about to have a heart attack every game. <laughs> yeah. so, there is something about Nick Nurse that is leaning a little more into Tibbs territory. But anyway, I just have to throw in a little jab there. Um, I think, okay, for me, the, my two key takeaways that I interpreted it as for the series, not necessarily for the entire season. Um, one, I think uh, this might be a controversial opinion, it's valuable to lose in the playoffs. That is how I feel. It is valuable to lose in the playoffs. And I say that because more times than not, pretty much, no, I'm going to say every time <laughs> a team wins a championship, they have been through losing in the playoffs before. And yes, there's some players on this team from the 2019 championship year, but let's be real. It's a whole new team. And every guy that was on that championship team has a new role. So it's like they need to go through those growing pains now. And for for somebody like Scotty Barnes to go through that in his first year is so valuable. Like I've been really enjoying the uh, Memphis, Minnesota series. It's been outside of the Raptors. It's been one of my favorite series to watch. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, like people have been really hard on him for, for making mistakes and for this team. They blew a 20-point lead twice in one game and it's like even though it's like his 10th year in the league he doesn't have those playoff reps and so you're seeing it now even though he is at a stage in his career where you would think he would be better at this but he hasn't had that experience so it's like to have for scotty to have that in year one to me is so so valuable so i'm not like mad that we lost the series even though i bought into so much propaganda that that's my first hot take my, my second takeaway is uh i feel like a lot of people say it without really saying it and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go there joel Embiid is a deeply insecure man <laughs> <laughs> I agree. A lot of people say it. I've never heard someone say it as clinically and just punched to the chest like that. I respect it. You're, I'm not going to disagree in any way, but I do agree. I've never heard it said quite like that. That was a proclamation. Yeah. <laughs> Straight shot. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, he just, he just is like, I just don't like he just, even in the way he carries himself, it's like, <clears throat> he carries himself like 
you know, I, I was going back and forth on Twitter with my friend Ryan Dillon, and, and I was like, Joel Embiid is like a Marvel villain, but also like a teenage girl waiting for a text from a boy at the same time. <laughs> like, he is just both of those things 24 7. Well, oh no, you go ahead, Tristan. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if that's maybe a symptom of you know, what happened to him and his team previously when they faced the Raptors in the playoffs as well. And it's more of that uh, overcompensating every small little thing to, uh, you know, just show off a little bit more, just to kind of rub it in the Raptors' faces. I also would agree that maybe the Sixers organization as a whole uh, is a little bit insecure. Uh, yeah, just in general, uh, which you can yeah, their your their culture doesn't exude confidence. No, no, yeah. and even this past week, like you know, thankfully, you know, for Doc Rivers, he got this win last night just to put all those reports like to rest, and you'd say that you know when he maybe gets swept next round, like you can blame this team <laughs> in a couple of years, but uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of. Uh, things you can fall back on that have been, uh, you know, a real positive memory, even the process itself. Uh, you know, you can see how that ended last year with the whole team and organization blaming Ben Simmons. So, uh, yeah, but I would say Joel and B that's a very accurate, uh, and hot, not even hot take, just a straight take at him. Yeah, I, I agree. Not a hot take, straight take. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and I agree with the with the organization, the process, with the Simmons and everything. It's hard to be a comfortably, conf- quietly confident man in Philly. No matter who you are, <laughs> it is hard to be a quietly confident person in Philly. But I do like that it does a little bit contradict uh, one thing you were saying a minute ago, Catherine, and I think hilariously so. And I was I was thinking it as you were saying, you were like. Playoff losses are important, and you yeah. learn something, oh, and you grow. Yeah. And as you were saying that, I'm like, I 100% agree, except for Joel Embiid. <laughs> because just, just him, doing, him doing the plane last night, I'm like, you little shit. To be like, you're doing a thing that you literally did when you got way too cocky, way too confident, and then you learned – in your playoff run, because like when you're talking about like, you know, cat and like blowing a 20 point lead and shit like that, it's like, well, you learn, then you get those reps in. You're like, Oh, in playoff basketball, it's actually, we, we don't beat the opponent into submission. They actually keep fighting every second of the game. It's not a regular season game where we get up 20 and then we can just play slow play. So slow placed, slow paced clock eating basketball. It's not that. And I feel like Embiid, when he lost to us, it was like, okay, here it is. You know, you're crying. Gasol's being really nice to you. You got cocky. You showboated. You were humbled. You learned your hubris. You've learned a lesson in humility. And then this series comes. It was like, oh, no, you, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't learn anything from that playoff. No, you didn't. You didn't learn anything from your playoff loss. You're the exact same guy. You're, you're, guy. you're absolutely right. And I think the funniest thing for me about the little airplane move that he did last night is that even last night, he didn't do it with the same amount of confidence and veracity as he did the first time. He was like, it was a very weak play move. Way. Yeah, yeah like, he, may... like he tried it and then kind of like, mm. yeah, you maybe know, like, a C plane. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like like an unconfident dancer like you know when like like professional dancers it's like arms like really far out you know like fingers it's like you feel it at the tips of their fingers and he's just like little plane little plane (laughs) 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 yeah i mean look Andrew, I'm really happy you brought that up uh, and contradicting everything I just said. No, but I, no, no, but it's that it's a really it good point. Two percent. Like, it is the exception to the rule. Of, I agree with what you said, and I think that it is the exception <laughs> to the rule of what no, you but, said. But I completely agree, and I think it, you know it just goes back to what we're saying about like Sixers culture that that isn't a moment where you rise above the next year because uh, they didn't have a good showing in the bubble the year after. And then the year after that, we saw the whole breakdown against the Hawks. And now this year, even though they're moving on to the second round, and we're going to get into it later, we're going to do a bit of Eastern Conference uh, playoff previews later. I, I like I'm not confident in this team against the Sixers. So I'm going to hold back my, my picks because I don't want to jump the, the subject. But like, yeah, like... Yeah, it's a confidence thing. And like also too, like he made a bit of a an obscene gesture for some reason, never got fined, but it was all over Twitter. And as I watched that, I was just like, this guy is just undateable. <laughs> just completely undateable. I I come on. Who's gonna I mean, look, he has money. People are gonna date Joel Embiid, but I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not dating Joel Embiid. I'll, I'll say that for all his millions of dollars, I will turn a date down. <laughs> I mean, Maybe the surprising. one NBA player I turn a date down from. No one's asking. Just for the record, no one's asking. But... I thought you go through your list. The second half of the show is just on the list of all the people. All the guys. I would. God, I wish that'd be a great list. <laughs> They're all retired now too. Like it's from so long ago. Yeah, to truncate it, there are two lists. There are NBA players Catherine wouldn't date, and it's just Joel Embiid. <laughs> And then there's NBA players, Catherine Woodate, and it just says NBA players on that list, just to entire, just to get them all wrapped the entire, up. Just the entire history of anyone yeah. who's ever Current participated in past. the league. Yeah. Uh, if it, Dr. J calls, uh, no. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, it's the other thing about like this uh, this series and uh, for the Raptors going home a little bit earlier than you know we got a little bit hyped up, maybe a little bit earlier than we thought. This playoff uh, round, the series doesn't have the sting. It doesn't have the uh, the stigma that you know previous Raptors teams when they've been eliminated from the playoffs that we've experienced there. Uh, we're coming out of this. All three of us right now coming out of this series pretty positive about this team. There isn't this like you know these two players don't work well together or like. You know, we could have done this in the series differently. It's a completely different mindset that all of our all Raptors fans currently have, at least as far as I've seen. So I think uh, if there is one thing to take away from this series is that it's we're in a different spot. We are not the teams of the past. Yeah. As we as we've kind of said already, this is a rebuild year and. I think even the most, uh, like even the high expectations, I think we've either met those or already passed them mm-hmm. in one year, considering where we were a year ago. Absolutely. Um, okay. I asked you guys to answer this question. I said, 
Imagine you are either a player, a coach, or part of MLSE. What's one thing you would have done differently? Uh, and let's start with you. Uh, I mean, I'll double down on the reduced minutes uh, for our stars earlier. For sure, reduced minutes because get the new guys reps, whether we're keeping them or not, get them reps, you know, <clears throat> increase their, at least at least increase their value as an asset. Uh, so definitely reduced minutes for our all-stars is, is another one. And I would say that like, if we are, <clears throat> and it's hard to say organizationally where we were kind of, uh, kind of mid season, uh, in terms of like, well, are we actually going to surprisingly get the fifth seed and, and make some kind of a push? Uh, but I would have pushed maybe for some kind of a, a traditional big pickup and free agency, uh, just to get, even if it is a past their prime vet someone to come in and bang around for a few minutes. I mean, I, I, I like that. He's still like a, a little bit smaller than maybe we could have used, but like a calming vet presence on the court definitely was very beneficial. So I liked having that around, but I, I would have liked a, uh, to search around for, uh, for, a, a vet big, uh, just to get that calming presence bang around. Even if it's coming off the bench, we start with the, the six, nine experiment and then, for certain matchups, certain teams just have someone to come in and just kind of neutralize a threat, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's, Absolutely. that's my big change. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, Tristan, how about you? Yeah, I can, I completely agree with the traditional big, uh, but I think from, you know, the start of the series to the end, my opinion, again, as I said, is changed a little bit, especially considering like, the role players, uh, my biggest takeaway, and it shouldn't be a surprise, if I'm part of MLSE, trust Bobby and Masai. Just trust them to be doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Because there was questions from the very beginning of the season when it came to our draft pick, to how Precious was looking, how Boucher was looking. You know, There was a media calls saying, do we really need either of these players on this team right now? And especially after the All-Star break, Precious was just lights out from three for the most part. Uh, so I think really kind of leaning into this vision right now, I think that's got to be, if I'm part of MLSC, if I'm in the head office, if I'm, if I'm even just like the water person on the, the side of the bench, trusting this version of the Raptors and where we can go from here. Obviously there are minor tweaks we can make the minutes again, being the big one, uh, Maybe finding a proper Fred Van Vliet backup, which again kind of bleeds into the minutes conversation as well. Uh, but yeah, I, what they're currently doing, I just say lean in, maybe get someone over seven foot just to be that person <laughs> so, when you're uh, really going against like the more. Hey, I'll settle for six eleven. I will settle for six eleven. Sure, but. If, <laughs> Thick, a thick 6'11", though. Yeah, exactly. A, a real bulky 6'11". It takes a couple extra seconds to get up and down the court. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like I think that's really the main thing is to just lean into this vision. This is year one of many years of having, hopefully, this core together. So, yeah, just enjoy that ride. <laughs> Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. My my answer for this is uh, significantly sillier. Um, it's about the t-shirts. Um, <laughs> next year, 
We need better t-shirts. We need t-shirts that stand out. Yes. Uh, they need to be they need to be white. They need to be a bright red or a bright purple. Uh, we need mm-hmm. that swarming energy. Uh, maybe Tristan, hey, maybe you can design them. You know what I mean? Like, let's push for that. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, we got to do better by by the t-shirts. Also, like, I don't know, you know, uh, I want MLSE to team up somebody. I don't know who, somebody, some, some stupid tech genius. And we need an app to detect real fans from fake fans. Ooh. That is some scary black mirror shit I just pitched on the yeah. show. <laughs> me and Andrew are still just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 100%. Yeah, we all need microchips implanted uh, in the real thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, as I a mean, human being, I'm like, I don't trust Facebook anymore. I haven't used it in four years. But I'm like, yeah, put the chips in that, that can tell who's a real fan or not. Yeah, yeah, no, inject that right into my blood, Zuckerberg. I'm fine with that one. Look, we need well, I'm so- good with. We need something. We need something. And, and I get like I get you know um, rich people go to these games and maybe MLSC doesn't want to lose these rich people. Okay, like I understand, but maybe with the app we can just spread them out more, hmm. okay. so they're not all front center. Hmm. And then it's completely empty at the top of the third. You know what I mean? Like if we yeah. just if we sprinkle them out then maybe it won't feel as empty in very key pockets of the arena where we need people like the entire lower bowl. Just saying, just saying. It's interesting because I think what you're kind of maybe inadvertently recommending is the Raptors just move back to the Rogers Center. And so you can... (laughs) (laughs) So you have the court right in the middle there and you have, you know your $5 shoppers drug mart tickets up on the 500 levels come with a pair of binoculars and you know, everyone can go to the game that way. That is, that is definitely a solution. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's like, rather than you, you went a more like, let's scale it up. Let's avoid the microchips. Let's avoid the big brother. Let's just (laughs) scale it up a little bit. Cause you need a 500s for real fans now. Because exactly. even the 300s have become so unaffordable. Yeah. The 300s aren't even guaranteed real fans anymore. Because it was a time when it was like, well, 300s is guaranteed some some real fans mm-hmm. in the 300s. Yes. But me and Catherine were at game three. And on the yeah. subject of the fans, the ticket costs, and the shirts, uh, it was like, first of all, it's like, I agree with Catherine. The shirts aren't great. We need red or purple, 100%. We need something that pops, something that looks make, look makes us look more like a unit as fans also people need to put the fucking shirts on put the goddamn shirt on yeah everybody's showing up to the game in such nice clothes that they don't want to put the free shirt over their nice fits we were in the 300s that's an issue and there was there were there were several guys in full suits like yeah suits i'm like this is the 300s no one's impressed that you're here (laughs) you need to be into the game or get out this isn't the impressive corporate seat that you think. What are we doing here? Actually, Andrew, I forgot to tell you that this happened when we went to the game. Because so where we were sitting is I was more like in with like other people. And I think Andrew's more like at the aisle. So there were like a group of guys sitting next to me, two groups of guys. So these two guys kept coming in and out, in and out of the game. And then they left the game mid fourth quarter and never came back, which is wild. It's like, why are you even here? Then the group next to them, uh, he kept 
filming himself when we were chanting let's go raptors so it's like it was like the fourth quarter and we're like really trying to rally this team on and then he he filmed himself for chanting let's go raptors and at one point i like stood up and like cheered for the team and they actually pointed and laughed at me for for cheering no joke and it like like legit like attempt at bullying me uh for cheering and i was like wait you're the weird one though you know what i mean like i just i had to act i had to actively uh avoid making eye contact because i didn't want to like inflame them yeah but that is like what they were doing and it just like made me more angry also there was a girl in front of me this is i promise you i'm not lying second quarter was checking her phone was watching a video of Johnny Depp on trial. <laughs> <laughs> like an Entertainment Tonight recap clip yeah. of full- Johnny Depp on trial. I'm not like, going to play that during the game. This <laughs> game three. <laughs> She's looking for the Chromecast option to put it on the Jumbotron. <laughs> like, can I get it up there? Does anyone know oh, the what's Wi-Fi? the Wi-Fi code? What is the Wi-Fi? Yeah, three the three rows around us were there for the gram. So you know oh. what? If I'm oh, for MLSE, we need to do something to lower the goddamn ticket prices or make sure that it doesn't turn in to Leafs games. Like I don't want it to be a thing that is inaccessible to the general public. I do I, not want that in any way. And I think over the past several years, it's become that. And you can also like hear the difference in the audience even when yeah. you're watching it on TV. And I just don't want it to fully get there. And it's it's inching its way. And it's yeah. it's it's sad to see. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to become a, a complete pessimist, but I just feel like, you know, people keep talking about the the series that we lost to the Cavs, uh, that game six, or everybody was chanting, let's go Raptors when LeBron was trying to do like his little interview on the air. And he was like, Can, do you hear this crowd? Blah, blah, blah. A part of me fears like those days might be gone that we'll just never get a crowd like that in the stadium mm-hmm. again for a game like that. I'm not sure. I mean, I hope I'm wrong about that, but I, I have another idea. Love it. Oh my God. Love it. I mean, the original thought was let's just add a level to Scotiabank, like a, a 600. Uh, but my real idea is maybe Toronto needs a second basketball team. Oh, like they obviously need a WNBA team. I was 100%. just about to say, yeah. like that needs to happen. Period. You know for that, yeah. But maybe they need another NBA team. You know what? I, I, the, I mean, so great. Uh, I was also thinking, like, maybe we need the Maple Leafs to be good again mm. to make the Raptors the less popular choice. So all the people that are there for the gram and blah, 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 would rather spend the money on like lease tickets than, than Raptors tickets. And we could just like, you know, just like shove them over a little. So you're saying the Leafs need to win the Stanley Cup this year. And then anyone who kind of. All jumped... these people will be gone. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to a Raptors game again because it's not about basketball for them. I get mm, that. It's about doing it for the gram. Yeah. 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 So, it, so if the Leafs win. Then they're all over those Leafs tickets. They're mm-hmm. already, I hear, expensive. I've actually never been to a Leafs game, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's just we let's just you know. And while all over. of those fans have now jumped back over to the Leafs, us real fans, yeah, get a little microchip 
And then I would get more upset. <laughs> I love it. Let's go Leafs. Let's go microchips. Let's do it, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe that's our solution. <laughs> but that's where we're at as Raptors fans. It's just where we're at. Um, I love it. Guys, we're, we're going a little long, but I'm okay with that if you're okay with that. But if we yeah. got to skip topics, then that's okay. We're good? Yeah, I'm in no rush. All good. Love it. Okay, let's keep going. Um, I just wanted to make note of one more thing before we moved on to NBA. And that is this, what I think will now be an infamous Doc Rivers press conference um <laughs> going on about you know uh, before game six being like hey guys you need to tell the real story when it comes to me okay that orlando team was in eighth seed <laughs> that orlando team was in eighth seed and that was the detroit pistons that went on to win the championship um tracy mcgrady was on that orlando magic team <laughs> <laughs> It was not that terrible of a team. Like, I, I just think, like, it, it him just, like, exercising all the demons in this press conference instead of just being like, well, hey, like, we got to win game six, and that's what I'm focused on right now, is really wild to me. I mean, it's it's just proof, you know, more proof, not that we needed proof, but more proof that, like, all these guys are paying attention to what we're saying. Everybody knows the narrative that surrounds them. Um, I don't know. I, I want to know what you think. I want to know if you feel bad for Doc or not. Like, I, I, I think this narrative, I don't think game six killed it. Like, I think this is going to go on into the next series and the next series. Like, I think this is going to continue to chase um, him as a coach in his career until maybe he wins another championship, honestly. But uh, Tristan, we'll start with you. What did you think of this press conference? Um, my original thought was kind of shocked that a coach would be so blatant about uh, his team how awful, awful the teams <laughs> he coached were. Um, like that was a, my first initial like, whoa, like an NBA coach just tossing team after team after team under the bus. And then after a little bit, I thought about it. And I thought, oh, this is the same coach that was saying directly after their team got eliminated from the playoffs, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to be – you can't ask me if he's going to be a star point guard on this team and basically throwing Ben yeah. Simmons under the bus Absolutely. as well. And so it kind of falls in line with how he talks about teammates – or sorry, not teammates – his players – his past teams, it all kind of just fits. And I didn't feel bad for him when he said those comments this week because of how the Ben Simmons thing started directly after uh, they got eliminated last year. And obviously, speaking today after they won, I feel absolutely no feelings about it. I'm like, you did it. Congratulations. Move on. Go face the heat. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't... I wasn't really taken back by it. I was very uh, unsurprised. Yeah, I mean, and, and just to finish off what he said, so first he uh, he threw that Orlando Magic team under the bus, and then he's like, and then that that Clippers team, like Chris Paul was playing on one leg, this, that, and the other, and then and then that other series, well, that was in the bubble, and that was me, blah, blah, blah. I hate when yeah. people use the bubble as an excuse because I'm like, you were all in the bubble. 
Like, stop acting like you were in the bubble and the opponent wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like that just drives me crazy. But anyway, those are the three uh, years that he referenced. Anyways, Andrew, wh- what did you think of that? Uh, I mean, my immediate thing when I was watching that clip was, and, you know, obviously this is my own hubris in retrospect, but I was like, oh, we're taking game th- game six. Like, I was like, oh, so we got that. Uh, because, you know, talking earlier about the Embiid thing to be like, you are you are an unconfident man. Like, that is yeah. that is not something that you do when you are confident. And like, and, and I, I, I understand, like we all have at, in, in our jobs, our personal life, our relationships, we all have some fuck ups in the past that we are maybe a little bit defensive about, but on confident days, we don't feel the need to be defensive about it. It is when our back is against the ropes and like things have gone bad all week. Like if I, like if I'm doing stand-up shows and I have like five great nights of shows and, you know, both of you were like, Andrew, you kind of suck as a stand-up. I'd be like, yeah, go to hell. I'm not sweating that. <laughs> but if I bombed four nights in a row and you said that, I'd be like, okay, listen here. Here's what I have done. Here are the good shows. That... So it's like that, that's when I know that things are going wrong for me. So when he had that reaction, I was like, oh, we're taking game six because you're, you're floundering. Like he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have had that reaction asked that after game three. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's just yeah. – in your confident moment, you're like, I don't need to explain my past mistakes. But when you are in the process of making a mistake, you feel the need to explain your past mistakes, you know? Yeah, God, it just like I just feel like it it, it only made things worse. Oh yeah. Like almost like 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 when uh like 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 when with Will and Jada, like when Jada had that affair, and then they were like, I know what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about it on red table talk and refer to it as an entanglement, and that'll make it all better. And then it just became <laughs> a million times worse. But it was again like this this week, it was Doc Rivers talking about blaming his past teams. It was Embiid blaming Harden for not being a not being himself or not being the point guard that they needed. And it was just like this round table of, well, it's your fault. And it's also his fault for where we are now. So, yeah, like it was just this crumbling team. That's so I just think, Philly culture, Trish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's what motivated them to get going again. <laughs> it, yeah. it is it is a team that bullies you into doing your best and that doesn't work on every team and it, yeah. it obviously like looking at the game six performance it kind of worked with Harden uh Doc did make coaching adjustments like mm-hmm. bullying you into the best version of you is something that I think is a pretty shitty practice in life but somehow it functions in Philadelphia like that is just the one place where it works yeah I mean the crowd booing the Sixers in game five and watch hearing that on TV, just this is and what also you guys like do? <laughs> like cheering when Thibel was like leaving the game, like yeah, whoa, like, like even like 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 if somebody like Precious Achua was really struggling, like mm-hmm. we wouldn't be like cheering him off the floor, like that's so wild. Okay, I have a question for both of you then. For the Raptors in Scotiabank Arena, would you rather have the people wearing three piece suits? populating all of the 500 level for Instagram or a whole group of fans that will boo your team off the floor for, you know, the slightest thing. Do the fans who boo you follow up question, do the booing fans, do they still show up when the team is on a losing streak? Are the seats still filled? It's 
take uh, the Sixers game five as an example, where people are like, we're out of here as soon as mm, it gets then, to that like five, six minute mark. Then I'm choosing suits. Okay. I'm choosing booing if you're, if you're there all the time. If you're okay. there through the suck, first minute, last minute, that's at least a passionate fandom. You're lunatics, mm-hmm. but you're passionate <laughs> if you stick through the whole thing. All right, you can't, yeah, yeah. So I'm choosing suits in that scenario. I'm, I'm going to go with booze because I think um, you need something to feed off of. And booing would at least give you something like, like as, as stand up, I mean, I've, I haven't been booed as a, as a comedian, but like uh, sometimes you go to shows that are very poorly produced and they're in a bar and the bar doesn't know what comedy show is about to happen. Yeah. And no one's there for a comedy show. And then you try to take the mic and you you start talking to people who don't want to be talked to. And it's like having people not pay attention to you, I feel is worse. I don't know that for a fact because I haven't been booed, but I feel it's worse. Because if someone booed me as a comedian, I can at least engage with them and yeah. potentially like put them in their place. They could also potentially put me in my place. So it's a bit of a scary situation, <laughs> but at least, you know, we're engaged. We're, t- you know, where like if the suits are just like doing their own thing, it's like I'm an advertising exec and this is my latest spin on like toothpaste, you know, like during the game, then it's like no one's paying attention to you. You can't feed off of that. I do like the idea of someone pitching a new brand of toothpaste in the 500 levels of a Raptors game. I feel like it's happened. I just feel like that's happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. I what if the smile is bigger? Huh? <laughs> Catherine, save it for Dragons Den. Don't give away all your your secrets here. If microchips bigger smiles on toothpaste. Uh, I think I agree with both of you. Uh, having having a reaction is better than not having a reaction that being said i think at some point during the season the raptors didn't have fans and they were playing out of their minds in an empty scotiabank arena so the comparison can maybe be drawn there where a room full of people not paying attention may be the same as not having anyone there at all I love this spontaneous question. Thank you very much. I also <laughs> enjoy how much it says about our current state as Raptors fans. <laughs> this is a question we would even entertain. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a therapy session after yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> We're just playing would you rather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you ra- rather the team bench be church pews or our mascot is sick that day? Which would you adjust <laughs> just, just nonsense hypotheticals, but it's fun. Yeah. The oh raptor has thrown up inside of the costume. <laughs> Players can smell it, but it is not that distracting. But they Look, do know I- it's in there. They My know pro- they all they're, they're all looking at each other there and they're is like a swooshing and swirling. And everyone's <laughs> giving each other a nod of like, we know that he threw up in there, but no one's drawing attention to it. All right. All right, Catherine, you first. 
guys no we're gonna we're gonna move on but i promise you if you're both interested this could be a deep august episode <laughs> this entire topic 100%. because i'm gonna do some fun off-season episodes and this absolutely could be one of them um okay let's move on to some nba uh i mean we're already talking sixers so we might as well stick with them uh, it's Miami, it's Philly, it's round two, uh, it starts Monday. Um, what do we think this series is going to be like, and who do we think is going to come out on top? Uh, Tristan, let's start with you. Not only because the Sixers just beat the Raptors, I just think Miami in general is just a better team, like through and through. Uh, so I'm, I'm picking the Heat, and I'm going to be rooting for Kyle Lowry to just continue on his little path to the finals uh i the matchups i think are going to be a little bit tighter for the sixers who just had an issue with having a bunch of you know almost seven feet uh player seven foot tall players uh the heat can match up in a whole bunch of different varieties as well and you know time and time again this season they've proved that yeah, we're the best team in the East, where I think the Sixers are now maybe still kind of recovering a little bit mentally from this whole series, and they're definitely going to be recovering physically from it. There are games where Embiid looked gassed mm-hmm. before halftime. So if the series, if Bam can keep Embiid just running up and down the court and making him work for all the shots, I think the, uh, the Sixers will be in trouble a lot quicker than they were against the Raptors. Mm-hmm. absolutely um andrew what are you thinking uh i pretty much agree with tristan on that one is that i think the sixers are in trouble <clears throat> like emotionally obviously i'm rooting for the heat in this series but also <clears throat> practically like i'm not a gambling man but i would bet on the heat in this series just because Embiid is already big uh, uh banged up a little bit so he's gonna have that problem kind of going into the series and on top of that at is just more athletically uh, gifted. It's just to have better cardio and can bang around for longer and tire him out. And as we saw during this series, if you are just a pest to Embiid, if you go at him uh, and, you know, it's not even this series, it's been, you know, the past several years of Embiid's career. I think a lot of teams have figured this out, that it's just the man doesn't have the stamina to keep giving it uh, to keep giving it in the third and fourth quarter. If you go at him hard off the top, you know, if he gets a friendly whistle in the first half, then that can be a problem. But uh, you, you go at him physically, you really, you exhaust him, you tire him out, you make him run and space the court. And especially with the spacing Miami has as well, like it is just going and and their speed and transition. Like I, I think it's just going to be a problem. I think Embiid's going to be gassed. I don't think Harden can be old Harden for that long. I think Maxi might be able to keep up his performance that he has had going on. Uh, but for the most part, I think Miami is going to come out pretty clean. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in terms of like, yeah, like it's emotional, but also just very logical. Uh, I think this team is better. Also, like, I mean, I was pretty impressed with uh them being able to close out the series against the Hawks without Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry. Um, that was pretty wild. I think, um, you know, I mean, Embiid is still going to be the biggest guy on the court, but I mean, Bam and Bio is a fierce defender. And I think this team is just a lot faster and they have a lot more offensive options. Uh, Kyle is 
injured and I don't have a, a, a status update on him currently as we're recording. So I don't know if he's going to be available for game one or not, but I think even without Kyle, I'm picking the heat in this. I I don't know if it's because I'm emotional off of last night. I want to call it a sweep. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I, I want like, to call four. it a sweep, but it might just be that I'm just, high off of this Raptors series and I have no confidence in the 76ers at all. And also you love to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just, you love to see it. I might just, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe I will just call it a sweep. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe like heat in six. That's probably the more logical pick. I mean, especially if, if Lowry's out of game and you know, I don't know. I mean, to me, their offense didn't look like it was a real misstep. They'd have played, enough games without Larry this season to know how to win without him. Um, not to say he's a non-factor or anything, but I just mean like against, against a better team, I'd be more worried without Larry, but against this team, I'm not worried. And even if Lowry comes back at half health, like a half health Kyle still makes a huge impact, which is something that we saw for years, just because yeah. his half court offense and playmaking like he's doing just high above the break up above the break playmaking and it's just creating movement it's creating spacing it's a threat like there are times where like Kyle can have a zero point game with a plus minus of 10 like <laughs> how the hell does that and it's just it is just a threat and he's not showing his weaknesses he's not limping up and down the court even when he is half health he is smartly just staying around half court just keeping things calm cool and collected so if he if he does come back or when I guess I should say when he comes back into the series, even a half health Lowry is going to make a huge impact against Philly. And I think we're also uh, they may not have Kyle Lowry on the court, but they have Coach Lowry off on the sidelines. Even if he's not playing, mm -hmm. he's a part of that team, and he's going to be giving directions what he thinks. Like we saw with the Raptors for years, he's uh, anyway, with. Him on the sidelines, you've got that leadership regardless of what he's doing. Even in those games where he's not scoring that well, that impact he has, I think, is going to be the difference. Uh, and again, I also think that the Heat will wrap this up. I was going to say five games if I'm being analytical about it. <laughs> but, I'm with Tristan uh, on five. I'm yeah. Five. Yeah. Like, I, I want to say four. I want to just like lean into it, but I'll give him one. Maybe the Sixers fans boo the Sixers enough that they pick up a win in Philadelphia. But, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, Catherine, they, they've played without their stars in and out of the lineup like so often this season. They've got to figure it out. Much like the Raptors playing their starters you know, 39, 40 minutes a game led them to the playoffs. Uh, I think they already have a plan going into the Sixers and for the rest of the playoffs guys in and out of the lineup doesn't make a whole world of difference to what inevitably will be the outcome of the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I think for me, my NBA bracket is already so fucked that uh, <laughs> I'm not winning anything I ever entered with any of my friends at this point. <laughs> like I thought, I thought it was going to be Boston in seven. Uh, I thought I actually was foolish enough to pick Utah in six, but I was thrown by the, by the Luca injury. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw caution to the wind and say, Miami's going to sweep this baby. 
And uh, hopefully I'm not so wrong that the Sixers take it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about it. Um, Let's move on to another Eastern Conference series that I am actually completely uh, perplexed about. I don't know how to call this series at all. I'm very intrigued by it. It's the Bucks versus the Celtics. Um, Chris Middleton has been ruled out for this series. Huge. Absolutely massive. Um, I'm a big believer in the Bucks, but the Celtics have really surprised me. And they're damn good. And I I don't know how to call this series at all. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm gonna see if either one of you can sway me. Uh Andrew, let's start with you. Do you have any insights on this series at all? I mean, if I'm making one bet on this series, it's like if any game in all of the NBA playoffs this year go to seven, it's this series. Like yeah. I honestly could flip a coin on either one. Like <clears throat> I agree with you. I believe in Milwaukee, but Boston's momentum and just upward swing has been unearthly, just godly. Like it is kind of, it kind of intimidating to even watch. So I, I don't know how to process that information because there's part of me that's like, this is, uh, this is unseemly, but how, is this sustainable? Cause it doesn't seem like it because it's such a huge swing. So I, I don't know if they keep this momentum going, there's no stopping Boston. Uh, but I feel like if there's a falter in their step or if there's blood in the water at all, then Milwaukee really, really, really takes it and starts swinging heavy. I think uh, it's going to really depend on how quickly Bud can make adjustments in Milwaukee. <laughs> I, like, I laugh it, because we know how long it takes. Him yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's really going to be dependent on him recognizing what the Celtics can do and making adjustments to cut off Tatum or Brown or Marcus Smart. Peyton Pritchard comes out of the woodwork every so often and you know, can light up a Raptors team easily. But I think it's going to be really dependent on the coaching, especially with Middleton out. Giannis will be able to get his, I think, pretty easily because that's just how dominant Giannis is. But like you said, the Celtics are just, you know, they're surging right now. They ended the season surging. They went into the playoffs, surprising, I think, everyone by sweeping the nets. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics kind of easily wrap up the Bucks series. Yeah. Uh, with Middleton out. I, I agree. You know, obviously like, you know, Giannis is the best player in the series. Um, he's going to still get his, but you're looking at the rest of that roster and asking yourself, can they make up for the 20 plus points a game that collectively that Chris Middleton would have? Um, against the Celtics defense for for four games. And I don't know if they can. Um, but it feels weird to bet against, you know, the reigning champs here. And um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I, I think, I, okay, this is a bit of a cop-out answer, but how I realistically think it's going to go is it's either going to be Boston in six or Milwaukee in seven. If it goes to a game seven, Milwaukee has the home court advantage. And I think if they get to a game seven, then they've figured themselves out enough. Right. To know how to make up for Chris Middleton not being there. 
And I think they can take a game seven if they can get there. I but do like they, that. But if they can't get there, then I think Boston wraps yeah. it up in six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like. I think Boston comes out of this maybe in six. I would say like that's a very like number I can wrap my head around. But yeah, absolutely correct. It's going to be if Milwaukee figures it out that Pat Connington can give you a fifteen and. Uh, well, I don't even know who else is running around with them. If Holiday can be like the offensive threat that they need, I think yeah, the Bucks could easily easily roll through it with that that clicking for them. And, and, and Holiday would, has been, but whether he can do it consistently is the yeah, issue. that's the yeah. thing. And you saying like the having a de- de- defending champs be kind of such maybe underdogs in this series, it actually popped in my head again that oh yeah the bucks are the defending champs i know you forget it's weird with the bucks it's like it's easy to forget they're they're the defending champs somehow yeah because it's just not talked about it's just kind of you still think that maybe it's the lakers from two years ago they might might be a more disrespected champion than the raptors are honestly (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i was gonna get to (laughs) it's just like i don't think we've had a team since the raptors be so forgotten about after winning a championship yeah um yeah okay well that's my (laughs) expert analysis on that series um i didn't send it to you guys last night but we do have another uh series wrapped up here and that's uh phoenix versus dallas uh in the west the dallas mavericks came through last night i don't know if you guys caught that game but the end of that game was absolutely wild utah absolutely had a chance to win that game and they blew it Mike Conley had a he traveled in the paint with seconds left in this game just like what I think is a very uncharacteristic uh turnover for him but I've been hearing that he's had a a really tough year this year I don't watch enough jazz games to know that but and then and then you know Quinn Snyder draws up an ideal play I don't think I've ever seen a more wide open shot to win a game, especially in the playoffs, like maybe ever. And it gets bricked. And then that's the whole season. It was, it was an absolutely wild finish. Um, I, okay. I'm not, I'm not high on the Mavericks. That might be controversial. I know some people are really, really big on this Mavericks team. I'm just not. Well, to, to talk to to talk about like uh, just for a second that like Dallas Utah game the other night you're right that was a perfect play drawn up it was wide open I don't know I don't I don't know what was going on those last two minutes for Utah because that was that was a wide open shot and it was missed but also they could have went for the tie to push it to overtime it was a granted it was an open three for the win from from your best three point shooter so why not but also if you look at that play. He's got four seconds left and a straight line to the bucket. You could have went for the easy, confident overtime. And like, you know, the yeah. a buzzer beating three, sure, it's impressive. It ends it. You go home, you get a little bit more rest. But in that scenario, I was like, just do a layup. Walk it in. I was furious in that moment to be like, you, you take guaranteed OT over a buzzer beating three, even if it's wide open. But that's just my – and also like the last two minutes of the game, Utah – you know, down by one at times 
We're just walking it up the up the court, and within four seconds of the shot clock, heaving up a contested deep three, not even running plays. So I'm like, you threw away the last two minutes of this game doing no plays. Then you got yourself the best play off of the inbound and did nothing with that was so frustrating. Uh, but I'm I'm also not high on Dallas. And uh, and yeah, like I, I, I think that Luca is just going to completely demolish his own body before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'll say about about Utah, their fans were on their feet for pretty much the entire fourth quarter of that game. Respect and, that. And they mm-hmm. are not known for having the best fans in the league. Yeah. <laughs> it really puts the Raptors thing into perspective. Uh, but anyway, uh, sorry, Tristan, what are your initial thoughts on this? No, I, can, I completely agree with that, that play. And Andrew, your analysis of that, just go in for a layup, get a foul, try to draw something instead of uh you know that that kind of heroic last shot which i i completely understand because as a kid in the driveway it's always that kind of moment you're kind of building towards being like this shot for the win and even when i was a kid just bricking it constantly but yeah i think a slight audible on that and we're kind of looking at a different maybe a different series different outcome that being said, the that being said, the Jazz next year I think are going to look very different. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> everyone's saying. Yeah, yeah, they, they can't. That's not sustainable keeping this team around. Uh, in terms of Luca, in the the Mavericks, I'm excited for where this team can find themselves. Whether it is, you know, the Western Conference Finals or the Finals, you know, that would be a big shock. But uh, I'm this Mavericks team, I don't know, there's something about them that uh, I could see maybe squeaking their way through at least into the third round. Whoa. So you Whoa. think they'll upset here? You think they'll beat the Suns? Nah. There's a chance that it happens. And <sighs> I would only say that with with Booker being out for the Suns. He's back. I, he's back now? He's um, back. Well, then maybe I'll take back what I said. <laughs> I didn't realize he was going back immediately <laughs> for the second round. <laughs> yeah, he played last night. Um, and uh, he, uh, yeah, I don't remember what his numbers were, but he did. I think he played like 30 minutes. Oh, so he's like back, back. He's okay. back. Uh, he I, might not be 100%, but he's playing. Rewind like five minutes. And what I said about the Mavericks making it out of the second round is now null. Oh, okay. I think now I'm <laughs> I'm fully now on Andrew's side is that Luca will just do anything he possibly can to will this Mavericks team past the Suns and it will not be enough. Right. I yeah. can admit to my own mistakes there. No, it's all good. I, it's all good. I do agree that no matter what happens at the end of that series, we will all be like, wow, Luca dug down and did every possible humanly capable thing that he could do to win and like he doesn't care about life or limb he will die doing it like earlier when i used the metaphor of like putting putting like putting your foot on the gas until the engine catches on fire that is Luca to his own detriment as well like i do think that like long term his play style is 
like concerning and like you'd need a coach and support staff to be like pump the brakes every now and then maybe you don't need to play the last game of the season Luca like you know he does need I think people to tell him to slow it down but it is impressive how much he absolutely gives and uh and just puts in but I still think Sun's in five or six like Mavs will get one but I think Sun's in in maybe six I'll, I'll I'll give them I'll give them six. Why not? You know what I mean? Like I'll I'll say they'll win two games. I'll I'll do, yeah. I'm gonna say Suns and six. Um, I agree. Like Luca's gonna have like a big, at least one massive Luca game, if not two. Uh, he's gonna do everything he can. I just yeah. For me, it's really just I'm not as big of a believer in the rest of that team as other people are, and that's fine. I will say this. I think it'll be really fun. I think it's going to be entertaining to watch. Like, I think they're going to be putting up a good fight. I think these games are going to be close. You know, I don't think it's going to be like constant blowouts or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had the Suns winning it all, but now I'm really leaning more towards the Warriors because I didn't know how healthy Steph Curry was going to be. And I'm just, I, I love watching that team this year. Um, call me biased. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, this is not an expert analysis on my part at all, but I'm just going to say Suns and six. Yeah. All I'm right. on board with that. Cool. Uh, well guys, that brings us to our Nick nurse hottie highlight of the week. Uh, you know, maybe not Nick's best week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but not his worst. Um, my favorite part from last night after uh, the Raptors were eliminated in his post game press conference, uh, he just said uh, that Phil that Philly was really great in three games this series, and I love that so much. I I'm not a big like oh like it's petty and I'm here for it person. Like I just feel like everybody who says that all the time, it's like I don't know who you were before that became a thing i don't know what your personality was i don't know what ever made you laugh before that was a saying because it's all you ever say now that's just so many people on twitter but when nick nurse did it in that post game press conference i really was that this is petty and i'm here for it person like i really was like this is excellent Excellent, excellent from Nick Nurse. Uh, I absolutely loved that. Uh, it does kind of make you think, like, man, if we do take that game three, it's all it's all very different. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. Let me know what you think, guys. <laughs> I think it was I think it was the perfect amount of shade. I love it. Like <laughs> that is my favorite kind of petty is petty that happens so lightning fast you don't realize it until one sentence later like you don't even yes. have an option like granted i know he's not talking to anyone like you know it, it is it is media availability but it, like no one would have time for a comeback that level of petty and that's <laughs> what i really love where like i think i lost the couple sentences he said afterwards because i was like wait a minute did he did he say three games did he Oh I yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. I also like, have no idea what he said immediately after. Yeah, <laughs> you you want an insult where you black out for a couple of sentences. That's the <laughs> level of petty that I'm really on board for. So I I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I think Nurse has had like so many good moments throughout this series. Whether it's like kind of being like dropping cliches in the you know if someone's gonna be down three zero, why not us? 
And yeah, this, this comment is something that you would read about and you see it in, in print and you're like, oh, man, <laughs> that's, a, that's a deep one there on this team. He's a, I think it's a very, very Nick Nurse quote. Yeah, I just like to uh, to not do the whole uh, respect your opponent thing immediately after getting eliminated mm -hmm. is so fun to me uh, because it was this opponent. Oh, yeah. Which we've already gone on about uh, long enough. But just uh, the fact that he did that, uh, you know, it was a real chef's kiss uh, kind of <laughs> moment. So well done, Nick. Uh, I have to say just as maybe like a bit of a, a programming note, as the Raptors go deep into uh, the offseason, sometimes there's a whole week where Nick Nurse just isn't in the public eye. I don't have a Nick Nurse hottie highlight of the week every week in the offseason. I just want people to know that. Uh, if he does make any sort of public appearance, I make note of it. Sometimes I'll ask guests what their favorite Nick Nurse moment is. Maybe he'll just have a quote of the week that has nothing to do with Nurse. I don't know. But I try to end every episode on a fun note. Uh, as he leans more and more into his celebrity, who knows? Maybe he'll make more cameos on Canadian television. Um, maybe I'll try to write him into a TV show someday. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, but until then, uh, guys, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And honestly, what a great Raptor season we all got to enjoy. Um, Andrew, uh, let's start with you. Let us know what you're up to and where people can find you on the internets. Uh, well, what I'm up to is uh, if you are listening to this and you're also a, a movie fan and a nerdy person, I host a podcast. I co-host a podcast called Talk from Superheroes, where every week, myself and my co-host, we discuss a, a piece of superhero television or film. So when this comes out, uh, this is next week, the, the new Doctor Strange movie comes out. So the Monday mm. after, we'll have a, an episode about that, where we just kind of dissect, goof, have a little fun. It's kind of equal parts film analysis and equal parts just fucking around. Uh, but it's a fun time and, uh, and we love talking about nerdy shit. So if you're in nerdy stuff, go check that out. And I also, that's talk from superheroes, wherever you're listening to this. And I also run the, the website from superheroes.com, which is all nerdy comedy. So we've got like our web comic texts from superheroes. So if you've ever seen that shared online, it looks like a screen cap of superheroes text messaging one another. <laughs> that's kind of our joke format. We've got web comics, other podcasts, at fromsuperheroes.com. That's my network. Uh, or you can reach out to me at Ivamy, I-V-I-M-E-Y. Absolutely love it. Uh, Tristan, we're going to miss your game day posters. Um, I enjoyed them so much. Also, uh, for people listening, uh, Freddie Rivas and I co-host a WNBA podcast called The Pickup. And Tristan did the art for our WNBA pod, which we absolutely love. Um, Tristan, let us know what you're up to and where people can find you on the internets. Well, what I'm up to now that the Raptors are, uh, you know, done for the, the season is relaxing, uh, just a, a little bit. Uh, you've earned it. Yeah. Uh, 82 game day posters. And then a handful of, uh, the playoff posters is kind of, you know, got me in my Fred Van Vliet kind of uh, feeling where like my hand is cramping and like, I'm moving a little bit slower now. Uh, so, uh, but you can see all of the posters from 
this season, all 82 games, didn't miss one, even had an extra poster for the canceled Chicago Bulls game in Ooh, December. Yeah, that's uh, right. So they you are know, not to brag 83 out of 82. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can find all of those uh, at half good underscore. Uh, that's where all of all the posters are and I'll be posting some new basketball stuff for the next little bit, thinking about getting back into some animation. So maybe some more rotoscopes of iconic Raptors moments from this year. So uh, yeah, I'm going to be just kind of focusing into that and also planning on what next year's uh, posters look like. Maybe not all 82 games, maybe a weekly recap type of thing, but uh Anything no, you got it. 84 next year. Oh, 84. God. You shot 101% this year. Look, I, I think like like Sportsnet, I mean, I've loved your collaboration with Sportsnet. Congrats on that. Thank you so they much. Gotta, they got to buy you out full. So hey. you do all the Sportsnet games. I'm a, I'm a free agent right now, so I'm waiting for someone to pick me up on a, on a full-time contract. Uh, that being said, 82 is a, is a lot, so... Uh, You'll have to be a little bit of negotiation there, I think. For sure. I mean, you know, kudos to you. I, I you. don't know how to draw anything. Um, you can <laughs> find me uh, on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine. That's where you'll see any upcoming shows or anything like that I've got going on. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I'll be covering the rest of the NBA playoffs uh, every week and probably the draft and probably free agency and like i said there'll be some fun off-season content as well so this show isn't going to slow down uh thank you so much and uh we'll catch you next time bye